0: more living with Jim Brogan, your source of information for living the best years of your life, your way. For more than a decade, host Jim Brogan and his expert guests have come together each week to share important news and advice that can impact the lives and well-being of those who are retired and those nearing retirement. Learn about issues like health and fitness, financial planning social security benefits investment advice and more and now here's the host of more living jim brogan
1: morning, East Tennessee, and welcome to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. This is News Talk 987 WOKI, and boy, I tell you what, I'm excited as we're getting into the new year. I feel like it's really kind of settled in. I was out last week. Um, we had a, a re, we replayed a, a, a prior show that was very popular about fitness because, uh, you know, kicking off the new year. A lot of times, our focus is on personal fitness, and of course, I did the swim last weekend uh, for the Navy Seal Foundation. Uh, the Tampa Bay Frogman down swimming across Tampa Bay, a three point one mile swim, and it was awesome. The, the they raised, I think, over seven hundred thousand dollars for the Navy Seal Foundation. It was just a great, great event. And I tell you what, I'm excited about today's show. Uh, because when we talk about starting fresh, and when you look at the life of Dr. James Williams and his background and the the, the things he the the, the 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 choices he needed to make as a youth, to, and then the what he's accomplished since that time, we were just talking before the show about the different roads he could have taken, and it's amazing. And you know, we think about. Starting fresh and it means so many different things to so many different people. I mean, it could just mean, you know, you're starting your day out each day differently by eating a healthier meal. Maybe you're having, you know, a healthy breakfast instead of a pastry. It may be you've decided to go back to school and finish pursuing a dream. For Dr. James Williams, starting fresh meant living, leaving the street life that he fell into and making the choice to have a better future for himself by joining the U.S. Air Force, where he then became Airman of the Year. He went on to earn six college degrees, including two doctorates, and he has a successful career as an assistant professor at UT and a motivational speaker. He's written a couple of books. He has a beautiful wife and four children. I've got a beautiful wife and two kids. I love talking about that part. Um, so for Dr. James Williams, he didn't let circumstances define him. And you make a choice daily to live a life of joy. And I'm we're going to ask I'm going to talk to to ask you about that? Yes sir. First though, let give us a little picture Um, A little bit about when you were 13, 14 years old, growing up in Fayetteville, North Carolina, I believe.
2: Wilson, North Carolina. Fayetteville was when I went to college, and that's when I ran into uh, some of the gang activity. In Fayetteville, North Carolina.
1: Okay. By the way, thank you so much for coming on this morning. Oh, thank you, uh, sir. Yeah. You know, tell us a little bit. Give us a little bit of background about what you went through as a youth and where you had to make. You mentioned gang-related yes. activity. Yes. And how did you get away from that? Was it the U.S. Air Force? I mean, you, but you had to make a con. You had to make a conscious decision.
2: I'm leaving this. Absolutely. I I, I would like to say um, I think Fall River, Massachusetts, was a very important time in my life as well. It was when, back in the '80s and my mother had just divorced or she divorced my father, which my name was James Cremell. And my father decided to sign over his rights and my mother remarried. So then we was adopted by my stepfather, great man. So my name became James Williams. And I think for a long time I was searching for something. But what was important about living in Fall River was I went to school and it was 98% white, but I never knew anything about color or race. We were just all poor people living in the same area. And, and I really accepted them as my brothers and sisters. But when we moved to North Carolina, once my father separated from the Navy, we moved to a more segregated neighborhood. And that's when I really started noticing color and, and differences in all of those natures. But to me, I felt like all of these was labels. You know, I was seeing myself as a, a black guy, a poor or a poor kid. And I started adopting a lot of bad behaviors. So at 13, I got involved with selling drugs and having sex. And by the time I was 17, I had two kids and I had this this wow. this this hopeless type of mindset. But because I was a great athlete people still sort of looked out for me to a certain extent. And I had an opportunity to play football for Methodist uh, College, which is now Methodist University in Fayetteville, North Carolina. But I came in with a very cocky attitude to where I'm a Division One recruit. So I'm going to be able to just walk in and, and start on this team. And it didn't happen. And when I was red shirted, that's when everything really started taking a very, very negative turn because I thought that football was going to be my saving grace. And now I'm starting to realize that, wow, I may never go to the NFL. And this is the only skill set that I think I had because I didn't think I was intelligent enough to compete with people that didn't look like me. So I found myself starting to find people that was negative And that's when I started running with the bloods and I almost shot somebody. And that's when my life changed. I just realized that I don't know who this person is. I don't know where this thug life mask came from and I needed to remove it. So I did the one thing that I thought was extremely uncomfortable and that was joining the Air Force. And that's when my life changed.
1: So let's back up for a second. So you were in the gang, the Bloods.
2: Yes. Oh well, my I,
1: goodness. Was that when you were a freshman, sophomore in college when I, you did that?
2: Yes, I was a freshman in college and there was some guys that was from Sanford, North Carolina, and they used to always, you know, uh, walk around with colors. And I was ve- just very intrigued by it. And and I felt like, man, this is like a family. So I started associating with these individuals and I never actually joined the gang, but I was affiliated. And I was one of the guys that was really trying to impress them. So I always was... We keep this little 22 and we were going to clubs with the gun and we have blades and all of these things on us. And I had in my mind that if I had to shoot somebody or if I had to do something violent to impress these people, I was willing to do it. Not realizing that I was setting myself up to potentially be in prison or to have a life that. Could have ended shortly, but I was so fixated on I needed to belong or needed to be accepted that I was willing to do some dangerous acts. So that,
1: that that's that peer pressure. And then if you go back to when you were 13 and 14 with the drugs and you mentioned the sex, was it... Was a lot of that about impressing or fitting in? How much of that was the peer pressure of the moment?
2: I think a lot of time we sort of coin it with peer pressure, but I think it was validation. I felt like if, if women noticed me and thought I looked good, it made me feel special. I would ask them little things like, do you really think I look good? And then they'll look at me like, why, why are you saying? And I'm like, do you really? Because I really just felt lonely, like nobody really saw me, and and I wanted the women to think I look good. I wanted the popular kids to think that I was impressive, and I felt like the more that I got people to see me and say, hey, James, and all of these things, it just made me feel like the world saw me, and because I wasn't comfortable being by myself, and I think a lot of people are not comfortable really just enjoying who they are as an individual.
1: And actually, when we look at the way things have evolved with young people today, depression, is, and, and teen suicide. I mean, it just is so sad to even look at the numbers. Do you think a lot of it is just the culture? I mean, what, what do you think it is? It's, you think it's the, the move of the culture away from God? Is it, it, what, what do you think's impacted young people today where we see these high numbers of, because it, to me, it's, it's worse. Uh, well, I mean, your situation was awful, but. The things people it's just it, culturally, those things have gotten worse with young people today.
2: And and I think it's a combination of things. I think my parents really gave me the foundation of God when I was younger, but I didn't really know how to use it in a practical sense. in In our school environment for kids, I think parents mean very well. But when you get into that environment where your kids is so important to that child that it's the only thing that matters, I know what it feels like to be suicidal. It was the only time when I was 19 when I felt like I was rejected from sports that I used to ask God every day, "Please allow me to die." Like I don't, I don't know what's better. I don't know how life is going to turn out good for me. And I think babies, when we look at our kids at a young age, they really have it right. They don't know anything about race. They don't know anything about religion. They don't know anything about their sexuality. They just enjoy and embrace each other and then the adults we come in like that serpent if you you know you know the story of adam and eve and we say let me tell you who you are and as soon as we start telling them who they are they got to live up to this idea of this person and if they don't meet those expectations this creates this mental anguish and suffering and i think that's where the disconnect come in when you
1: were going through all that in in college and then you ended up joining the air force was there a person or a group of people that made an impact from a mentor type of a, you probably didn't call it then back mm-hmm. then, but somebody that made an impact in your life that ended up helping you make that decision?
2: Absolutely. I, I think when I met my wife, that's when I found love again. So when I met her, I started loving life, but I still had no clue of what to do. But it was Sergeant Chapman, and uh, she just would come up to me all the time and, and tell me how smart she thought i was and and the thing that was important was it in this situation was she didn't look like me and for me, if it was somebody that actually looked like me that was black, I sort of would have expected that this person should tell me that I'm intelligent, I'm smart. But with her not looking like me and finding something special in me, it just meant a lot to me. So she was very significant. And then Sergeant Prosper, he was uh, from Jamaica. He was very, very important to me. And he really spoke to me and, and just really tried to help mold me and set me up into leadership positions. And he helped build my confidence. So those two individuals are very, very significant to me when i was in the air force
1: tell you what uh we got to get to our first break it's amazing hearing your story i, I want to talk to you about i mean your brand is unmask your true potential what a great time of year to talk about that where people are looking to affect change in their lives and create we- we're in a new decade i mean we're in the third decade of the <laughs> 21st century it's hard to believe. Um, so we're going to visit much, much more with Dr. James Williams as you listen to More Living with Jim Brogan right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Carry
2: on my wayward son,
0: there'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest, don't you cry no more. listening to more living with Jim Brogan. During the week, Jim is a financial advisor, an author and speaker with an MBA from the University of Tennessee who specializes in helping people in or near retirement plan for the next phase of their lives. You can reach Brogan Financial during the week at 865-862-6800 or on the web at broganfinancial.com. And now, here's Senior Market Advisor Magazine's 2011 National Advisor of the Year and host of More Living, Jim Brogan.
1: Thanks for tuning in this morning to More Living with Jim Brogan here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. And I'm visiting with Dr. James Williams, who, as if you heard that first segment, grew up and, and just you know, was really headed down a bad path and he made the decision uh to join the Air Force. And then since he's got six college degrees and two doc including two doctorates, I've got I've got this uh this is a list of the different category of topics he's written papers and, and articles on. Hospitality leadership, education, tourism, transformational leadership. I need to read that. <coughs> Soft skills, sports impact on leadership, business ethics, and emotional intelligence. Wow. Uh, What a diverse mix of things you've learned over the years. Uh, What what motivated you to go in so many different directions in terms of, you know, so many people hone in on one thing. You've become trained and educated on so many different things. And I know there's probably a lot of interconnectedness mm-hmm. there, but what led to all of that? Or did your mind just as you went along, you just felt like you just wanted to just pour as much information in there as you could?
2: So I had a professor when I, when I started back going to school, it was uh philosophy 101. And uh, he was atheist and I, and I'm very spiritual, but he challenged me on my beliefs. And it was a quote in a class that I read, and it was by Albert Einstein. And he said, I wasn't born, you know, uh, with all of this talent, but I was born passionately curious. So, and the professor would constantly say, be curious. So my curiosity started driving me. So every time that I met with a professor where I had a class setting, I said, what are seven things I can use that I can, uh, that I can learn that I can use personally and professionally for the rest of my life? So I just started trying to, wherever I got, motivated to go it it may be neuroscience or maybe organizational behavior or leadership i just felt like it all connected and the more that i saw education connecting the more that i really got something out of reading so i just was like hey if i could learn something new and i could feel uncomfortable and it challenged me that's what i wanted to do so that's why i went in there
1: yeah sounds like you just had a voracious appetite to just learn just and, and as you said be inquisitive hey you gave a ted talk check your life And during the talk, you discuss how we are all born to be limitless, that we are all here for a unique purpose, but that we buy into the idea that we're not good enough or worthy. How can people change their perception of their self-worth?
2: I think for me, you know, I used to... You know, I was teased because my twin brother is taller than me, so I had a short man complex maybe for a a, a small amount of time, but I also really didn't believe I was beautiful. I didn't believe that I had any significance, and I don't know where that started because I know as a little kid I think I was very, you know, uh, happy, but what I started doing was simply getting up in the morning and I would say this thing to myself, uh, today is a glorious day, and for 86,400 seconds, I would give my excellence and my best until I'm laid to rest. I'm abundantly blessed and never stress, but then I would look at myself in the mirror and tell myself, you're smart, you're funny, you're beautiful, and I would keep saying it until I just started getting happy until I really believed it because I realized you got to be the first one to speak that life to yourself, but then I just started evaluating myself. Was I kind when I spoke to this person? How did I look at this person and just being very aware of what it is that I'm saying and really start using this thing, they say metacognition. Why am I thinking the way I'm thinking? Why am I acting the way I'm acting so? So the more self-evaluation that I did in myself, I had to find that happiness and that joy. And once I was able to find that, then I was able to use it when I went out into society. And then how, how much does faith play a role for you? They play a big role. Um, To me, I'm a big believer. I I, I try not to argue with people about religion. I think religion is a way that we practice our beliefs or our faiths. But I really do believe something greater created us. You know, sometimes uh, people may call it chi. They may call it energy. They may call it God. And I think we get so caught up with the concepts that we, we forget that it's a greater energy that allow us to vibrate and be on that same wavelength together. And for me, you know, I tell people that Jesus is what sort of led me to this belief because I was born. in this region. And I think that this great ubiquitous God understood that I would be born in the United States. So this is my path to God. So I don't want to argue with anybody else and say that your religion is wrong, but I do believe something greater created us and brought us all together.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, well, well, tell you what, I want to ask you about your brand, Unmask Your True Potential. Uh, I think that's a great brand. Uh, Do you think that most people can find their true potential and what do you think gets in the way the most i I, I know there's probably a list of things but if you had to identify what just the main couple of things what gets in people's way
2: I think everybody can find their true potential. And I think it lies dormant in most people. And I think the biggest thing to get in the way is other people. We allow other people's thoughts to really dictate who we are. And that could come in relationships, you know, with our significant others, with our kids. How do they view us? You know, you will hear people say that I don't feel worthy. Well, where did that come from? You know, so I think majority of it is in our head. So that's why you're starting to see mindfulness and meditation become so big. And it's 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 funny because I go to China about three times a year to teach mindfulness and meditation and that's where meditation and mindfulness sort of originated from but i think the more that we can be aware of our thoughts and what are we saying to ourselves i think that can help us the most and what i had to come to realize is that I care about what people say to the point of, do I have an opportunity to impact them and inspire them to be limitless or to think about how limitless they can be? But at the same time, I really don't care what they think about me as long as I'm operating with love and I'm operating in a manner to where I'm trying to help lead people to be the best version of themselves.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's very well said. Um, I think, unfortunately, we're just in a culture where, and and maybe it's the way we were, we're wired too, but- you know you mentioned validation was important to you as a kid you, you use that word instead of peer pressure and i think we we all just we want to be validated in certain circles anyway we want to fit in And there's such a pressure there in our society. Do you
2: agree with that? I definitely agree with it. And I think it starts when we're younger, you know, and and I think our parents mean well, but they're afraid, you know, they saw the the decisions they made in their lives and they're like, I got to make sure my child don't go down that path. So a lot of times we parent out of fear instead of trusting, you know, if God really gave you this gift, are you really giving them the right advice and allowing them to have an opportunity to make the right decisions? So I think a lot of it come out of fear, but they mean well i really believe parents mean well
1: let's talk about joy you talk about joy a lot and uh in your blog you wrote joy charges us to be in the moment and i think that's important We, we, we so much we think about either something that had in the past happened in the past or we're worried about something in the future but to be happy in the moment and to embrace everything from a glass half full perspective i'll be honest i struggle with that sometimes Uh, This means that we focus merely on the positive by seeking and witnessing the constructive opportunities in every moment. That's what you wrote. Yes. Do you experience this state of joy all the time? How do you get there? How do you keep the negative thoughts from creeping in?
2: How do you live in joy? And and I would say that there's always going to be moments to where we're not robots. There's always going to be moments to where we feel agitated. But I think the important thing is when you notice that you're frustrated or agitated, why am I agitated? Ask yourself that question. For example, I had a situation at work recently where a person um, said that uh, in so many words that I stole their research. And I, and I became very frustrated because I know good and well I didn't do that. But this is what I had to say to myself. James, why shouldn't this happen to you? Why? Should it happen to somebody else? This is life. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to respond in a positive manner? And I sent love and energy to that person. And I said, you know, I wish them well. I know that that wasn't my intentions. And I know that things, you know, happen sometimes in life, even though that you don't put yourself in that situation. I said, but um, this is a great thing. And something great is about to happen in my life. And soon later, that's when I found out uh, that the military was going to pay off all of my student loans. So I realized that that when things happen that seem negative in your life, if you vibrate and create the right energy, the universe is still working on your behalf. So we can't get frustrated when bad things happen because I think when so-called bad things happen, it's allowing us to really appreciate the so-called good things that happen in our lives. So we got to acknowledge that sometimes things just happen you know
1: you talked about when somebody else causes something like that that you feel like is unjustified and sometimes a resentment towards a person can really weigh us down and cause us to live somewhat in bondage with that and what I think of when you were telling me that, James, is the importance to forgive people, even if they, they may not. I mean, even if we're not having daily contact with somebody or don't have any contact, they don't have to know we've forgiven them. But it's important because the, 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 what I heard is you extended love to that person. And I think that's an incredible lesson because so many sometimes we live in these shackles of this resentment and this bitterness sometimes towards people in our past.
2: And And I would say this, and going back to our spirituality, one thing that I'm really trying to live like is when Jesus, you know whether people believe it or not, the story I still think this part is powerful, walking to the cross carrying his own cross, and people are berating him, you know probably spitting on them all types of stuff, and he said, "Forgive them, they know not what they do. If I can have in heart to where I love people unconditionally, regardless of what they do to me, that's where I want to be at. and Buddhism really talk about how. We can't allow what a person do to dictate who we are. We got to just treat it as a neutral state so we shouldn't get too upset. We shouldn't get too happy when so-called good things happen. But just be in a neutral state and find peace and joy in that situation. Yeah,
1: sometimes those highs and lows, the highs are great, but they create deeper lows, don't they? Absolutely. Yeah, but just being more neutral. I like that a lot. Um, I'll tell you what, we're going to get to our next break. We come back, we'll have our dollars and cents segment, and we're going to visit more with Dr. James Williams. We're going to talk about how you approach your mind, spirit, and body and how you're pursuing your goals in 2020, the things that get us derailed and how you can get back on track. So don't go away. As you listen to more Living with Jim Brogan, only on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Love
2: is strong enough to make him stay. She's answered by the taillights. Shining through the window pane. He said, I wanna see you again. But I'm stuck in colder weather. Maybe tomorrow will be better. Can I call you then?
0: Through his weekly radio show, television news appearances, and adult education classes taught at the University of Tennessee and Pellissippi State Community College, Jim taps into his extensive knowledge and experience to address issues important to living your best retirement. Join Jim every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. here on Newstalk 98.7 WOKI and visit him online at BroganFinancial.com. And now, here's the host of More Living, Jim Brogan.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm your host, Jim Brogan, and we are visiting with Dr. James Williams. And what a story of what he went through as a, as a youth and the way he's turned his life around. What a motivational guy. And we're just talking to him about life, and, and we're going to continue to talk to him about how to pursue and, and and affect change if you want change in your life. How do you affect that in 2020? It's hard to believe we're in the third decade of the 21st century i have man i just know the 2020s are just going to be awesome for me and my family and the people we serve and i hope it's going to be awesome for you too so much of it is our attitude and the living in the joy of the moment that was a great word for me to hear and something i needed to hear i hope you're getting something out of this as well before we get back to dr james williams however it is time for dollars and cents
0: want to be sure you are getting the most out of your retirement For all the years of your retirement, that's the primary goal of More Living with Jim Brogan and our Dollars and Cents segment, where we provide you with an important financial tip that will help positively impact the quality of your life in retirement. And now, here's Jim with this week's Dollars and Cents tip.
1: How do you balance fees with the pursuit of your financial goals? And this has been become more and more of a topic in the financial industry is the fees involved in whatever you do and how you pursue your goals. And I have a, a, an industry publication right here in front of me. And it's talking about one large mutual fund company that is slashing some of their fees on 77 mutual funds. So it's talking about the fees on mutual funds. So let's just talk about this for a minute. How important is that? Obviously, it's important. But how important? So first off, there are two types of fees you could potentially pay. Obviously, when you invest in a product, a mutual fund, an ETF, which is an exchange traded index fund, like a passively managed index fund, there are fees for those funds. Now, if you buy an individual stock, there's not a fee on an ongoing basis, but there are fees on the purchase and sale, even commission free. There are, in oftentimes, hidden charges with index funds that don't have a lot of trading volume because you get these spreads when you make a trade. Now, I don't want to get too, in, too technical about all that, but there are always fees when you exact a transaction, even if it's a commission-free. But most people use mutual funds and ETFs. So there are product fees. And if you have annuities, what are the fees and the annuities? That's been often discussed in the industry. Now, then there's also the fee you pay if you hire professional advice. And both of those are important. Uh, today, I'm focusing on the fees of the products. Okay. Um, there's been a big move to just, oh, reduce fees, reduce fees, reduce fees. So an index fund might have an average fee of, I don't know, maybe 0.1%, or maybe just a little bit more. A managed mutual fund, the fee could run, you know, anywhere from 0.4%, maybe all the way up into over 1%, or even up to 1.5% per year. And so it stands to reason, well, if, if your fee is higher, that means you have a, la- a lower net return. And that's a simplified way of looking at that. However, I do think in the interest of your wealth and pursuit of goals, don't go too far with that. Are fees important? Absolutely. When, I man- when we manage portfolios at Brogan Financial to help clients pursue their goals. Do I look at the fees of the funds that we use? Absolutely, that's my job. We have to, and if you're doing that on your own, you absolutely have to be looking at that. But don't go too far. I know investors and professionals that will say on a managed mutual fund, they won't consider a fund that has a fee that's higher than a half of a percent, 0.5%. Here's the problem with that. There are some unbelievably consistent top-performing managed mutual funds over the years that have fees over a half of a percent. And when I say top-performing, that means that over time, the net return to the investor is higher. Okay? The net return, net of the fee, to the investor. So we have to be very careful. I mean, the number one real estate fund, as an example, from last year, has kind of a high fee. But when I say it was number one, it was number one net return to the investor. Now, that's just one year. We should never make decisions based on one year with managed funds. I'm just saying, as an example, you, you know, don't carve out and just say, oh, if a, if a fee is over a certain amount, you're not even going to consider the investment because that's where we go too far. And I think the industry, the regulators have to be very careful with that. So are fees important? Absolutely. Is it important to understand what the overall internal fees and charges are in the investments that you pick and manage? Absolutely, because over time that affects your return. But be very careful you don't go too far with that because you could end up shooting yourself in the foot, kind of cutting off your nose to spot your face, that kind of thing. So be very careful. It needs a more macro approach on how do you want to achieve your goals? How are these things doing? And just be careful you don't take any one piece of that too far while still managing it and making sure it will ensure your success.
0: That's our Dollars and Cents segment for this week. You can find this week's Dollars and Cents segment and others by visiting BroganFinancial.com.
1: And I'd like you to attend my next college class, my next adult education two-part class. If you're retired or getting near retirement, it's at the University of Tennessee in their downtown conference center. It's a Financial Survival for Retirement. It's on January the 30th. In February the 6th. It's a two-night class, 630 to 830, again at that downtown conference center right across from the World's Fair site there from the Holiday Inn. It's free parking right there in that Walnut Street garage. It's easy in and out. I would love to see you there in two two two-hour sessions. I cover as much as I can on how you can set up a successful plan for retirement which should be the best years of your life. You can go to com to download a syllabus, and there's a short video there, and then you can click to register. Now, then I'll be at the Hardin Valley Pellissippi State Campus in March to get my full schedule of upcoming classes. Go to broganfinancial.com, click on classes, and you can get more information. Also, at our website, that's www.broganfinancial.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook, Facebook I've got an e-blast an e-newsletter that goes out every week that all it does is give you links to content like the new radio show we'll have the show with Dr. Williams here we posted here in the next few days you can listen to it you can listen to the dollars and cents segments they're all archived you also my retirement minutes so though that newsletter that e-blast is a great way to stay in tune as we put out information that can help you make informed and prudent decisions to impact the quality of your life Uh, this morning we're visiting with dr james williams uh we're talking about a new year a new decade a new you and james most uh, so many americans i do it too we start off the new year i don't like to say i don't even say new year's resolution anymore i say you know what are my goals for 2020 and beyond and i like to pick a word that is going to be a word that i'm going to use to live by for that year um but according to New US News and World Report, eighty percent of New Year's resolutions fail mm. by the time we get to February. Wow. Why do you think that is? How can we
2: be successful
1: in charting a new course?
2: I, I think sometimes we get so caught up with I guess this New Year's resolution, all of a sudden this new energy, this new mindset is gonna gonna just happen. But I think we gotta start looking deeper into Why are you doing it? What is the real ultimate reason of why you do? So I really like what you say about the goals, you know, and I was telling people that I started this new year with a new mind, new body, new spirit to produce a new energy, to serve a one God, one world, one love that removes the mask and there's no labels. But I always thought that, but now I'm just charged that in every second of every moment of the day i need to really try to be engaged in it and i set these target goals of well i want to read uh 55 books this year and 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 that is the goals that i set and then i just try to work towards it every single day and just try to find different ways of doing it but you got to have small steps how many books did you say Fifty-five. So last year I read fifty-five. So I, I, I holy cow! I, I had to target. That's a guy it. <laughs> with
1: a voracious appetite for knowledge and learn. Holy cow! So, now is that a variety of? Do you read any novels or is it all nonfiction or self-help?
2: So it's all nonfiction. Um, and and it's it's no nothing against uh, fiction novels. I think the only fiction <laughs> book that I I really really love and I probably read it once a year is The Alchemist. Um, but other than that, I, I read all nonfiction.
1: So you're trying to, you're just expanding your knowledge constantly.
2: Yes, yes. And, and I, I can't remember who said the quote, but I try to live life as if I would die tomorrow, but seek knowledge as if I would live forever. So that's kind of my concept wow. to I our living. Can you say that again? So um, live life as if you're going to die tomorrow, but seek knowledge as if you're going to live forever.
1: Wow. Oh, my goodness. I'm speechless. Uh, I don't even know what to say to that. That's unbelievable sl- uh, saying.
2: Well, it's not. By. It's not my saying. It's. Uh, it's I, I understand. <laughs> proper... You said you learned. Yeah, yeah. I've not, but I've never heard
1: that. What a great thing to live by. But you learn that because you're constantly trying to learn and expand and grow and learn new things, right?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And, I, and it was Confucius that said that. But yes, absolutely, absolutely. Wow.
1: Um, do you think sometimes personal growth and change happens? When there's a catalyst or a major event, and it sounds like maybe that catalyst for you was you almost shot somebody. Yes. As yes. a youth in the gang. Yes. Um, you know, that happens a lot, right? But it doesn't have to be that. But can you just touch on that a little
2: bit? I think I think life always gives you an opportunity to make a decision. And I, and I want people to understand this, actually listening to this talk now. Everything that I did, I did it. There's no, we can say peer pressure of the environment I grew up in or the friends that I had. It was a choice. And I and the reason why I think that's so important, until you hold yourself accountable and aware of the fact that you're making these decisions, I don't think you have the ability to change. So I had to realize that I was the one going out, associating with this gang, almost shot somebody. And I said, James, what are you going to do? Are you going to continue to be in this gang and be even more violent? and more destructive, or are you going to make a change? What do you really want in your life? So I think we all come to this point of where it's a crossroads. And for me, I decided to say, you know what? I don't want this life anymore. I want something different. I don't know what that is, but I know it got to be something better. And I think that's where the whole concept of uh, unmask Your True Potential came to. What is this potential that we have that can be so beautiful and that can create this world of joy? And that's what I wanted.
1: You know, how it just makes me think, James... You know, when the focus is on ourselves, life is empty. And when the focus is on others, life becomes much more full. Can you comment on that? What are your thoughts on what I just said there?
2: So what you just said to me is conditional love and unconditional love. I think a lot of us say we love unconditionally, but we love people or things with conditions. As long as it makes us feel good or satisfies our flesh... Then I'm willing to be all in. I'm willing to engage in it. But once we can really love the way Jesus loved unconditionally, regardless what this person does to me or what is going on in this situation, I'm going to give the best energy and I'm just going to love it unconditionally. To me, I think that is the difference. When we love things unconditionally, I think that's where we can find that joy. I think that's where we can give service to other people.
1: The greatest of these is love. Absolutely. Love and love your neighbor as yourself. And really, I mean, that just kind of boils it all down, right? But that, that means you're always investing into other people and really not too concerned about your own needs. But it's Absolutely. a much more fulfilling life, don't you think? Absolutely. 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 We're going to get to our last break. When we come back, I do want to talk to this guy about... About diet and exercise. He is just a very in-shape individual, and uh, he's he's written a book, by the way. This is interesting. Here's the name of the book, How to Get Abs Like a Bodybuilder, But Eat Like a Fat Boy. I have to ask him about that. I know a lot of us pursue health and fitness, and, and a big part of that is our eating when we start new years and we, we start on effecting change. So we're going to talk about that. A couple of other really good things you won't want to miss. So don't go away as you listen to More Living here on Newstalk 98.7 O K I
0: for listening to more living with jim brogan if you miss any of today's show or want to listen to it again visit broganfinancial.com where you can access the podcast and other educational materials to help you in your journey through retirement and now here's senior market advisor magazine's 2011 national advisor of the year and host of more living jim brogan
1: Thanks for listening this morning to more Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. And I want 2020 to be the greatest year of your life and start this incredible decade for you uh, so that you can live life to the fullest. Uh, We're visiting with Dr. James Williams. Quite a story. Joined the gang, the Bloods, when he was in college. Really down a wrong path. Joined the Air Force. He now has he has six degrees, including two doctorates. He's a professor over at UT. Unbelievable the amount of uh, things that he's uh, even written uh, academic papers on. Uh, so it's quite a success story. But I have to, you know, we're talking about getting the new year off to the right start, James, and doing all these things. We always think about fitness and nutrition. You're a really fit guy. Uh, You're an athlete. You played arena football for a period of time, right? So um, this book, it's very provocative, the title. And it has a picture of you on the book. And you've got some abs like a bodybuilder. And it says, how to get abs like a bodybuilder, but eat like a fat boy. So how can I do that, James? How can I get a great body and eat like a fat boy
2: so i would say i actually consulted with some uh nutrition uh people that's real big in nutrition uh lee murphy and um some other individuals however what i did was a lot of it is mathematics and i know people say don't count calories do things of that nature but if you take in more calories than what you burn you're gonna pick up weight and for me When I moved to Tennessee in 2014, I was about 204 pounds, about 30% uh, body uh, body fat, but I, I really didn't care, and I was enjoying my food, but when I went to go see the doctor, I was diagnosed with hypertension. And I tried to take the medicine, but it made me feel blurred, had blurred vision, and it was messing up other functions in my body. And I just said it had to be a better way. And my brother said, uh, "Watch Forks Over Knives." So I watched Forks Over Knives. I watched some other documentaries that was uh, associated with it, and I read a book called uh, uh, Eat to Live. And once, I and I uh, Plant Paradox. And once I read these books and started consulting with people that had uh, some good advice, I changed up my diet. But every now and then I still would go and get the bunk cakes and things of that nature, even though sugar is like the worst thing that you can do. And I changed my workouts to make sure that it was real intense, and I constantly was shocking my body, and I was watching my my calorie intake. I cut it down to about um, eighteen hundred calories. Started doing more cardio, and six seven months later, I was down to one hundred and sixty pounds, and I was about eight percent body fat. And the lowest I got was one one fifty five. So it, it it worked for me, and I and I know it's easier for guys. I know women like I ah, I see my husband losing weight. Guys know to normally carry uh, less uh, body fat so that was my way of going about doing it but it's more detailed in a book
1: okay and um you know it's interesting what you said about calories in calories out because i um often have dr jeff johnson he's over at uh, he's a cardiologist at university cardiology good friend of mine mm-hmm. we've had him on often over the years and um last time i had him on you know we were talking about all these different you know diet programs keto intermittent fasting the South Beach diet, you know, all this stuff, doctor you know, Atkins. And uh, he said, you know, Jim, ultimately what I have found is it all comes down to how much are you it's calories in, calories out. Absolutely. And they're just different ways to get there. Uh, I'm not really one to give counsel on this. I, I've always yo yo'ed with my weight. And hopefully I'm going to continue down here. Uh, But at any rate, that's a good word. So that book is How to Get Abs Like a Bodybuilder, but Eat Like a Fat Boy. How can people follow you? Uh, How can we follow you online and get access to your material?
2: So uh, I got a website, um, www.unmaskytp.com. And I also Instagram, um, it is unmask underscore, uh, unmaskytp underscore the new uh, the and underscore new and that would be the easiest ways to follow me but if you go to my actual web page of www.unmaskytp.com
1: all of that information is up there unmask no ed on the end no unmaskytp for your true potential yes dot yes. com um, I could talk to you for another couple of hours James I hate we're out of time what, just in 20 seconds what would be a word you'd give our listeners of how to go out and affect uh, change and pursue their true potential this year.
2: I would just say, when you wake up in the mirror, when you wake up and look at yourself in the in the mirror, just realize how great you are, how uniquely made you are, and just realize today got to be the best day of your life. Because realistically, today is the only day you get. There's no future. There's no past. Make today your best day. Go out and love someone. And like they say in Frozen Two, if you don't know what to do, just do the next right thing. Enjoy joy in the moment. Absolutely. Right, which is what made me think of that.
1: Okay, well, that's Dr. James Williams. Again, you can follow him at unmaskytp.com. And I urge you to do that. I know I'm going to. It's been just a breath of fresh air to have you in studio. Thanks so much.
2: Thank you so much, you. sir. Appreciate it.
1: Today, today, we've been talking about really unmasking your true potential so that you can live the best years of your life your way. Thank you for tuning in this morning. I hope you're off to a great new start this year. We'll be back next week as you listen to more Living with Jim Brogan here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI.